Have you ever come across an odd myth, strange story, weird history, or something that just made you scratch your head and say to yourself, you know, I'd love to know a little bit more about that? Well, you're in luck, and you're in the right place listening to the right podcast, because this is the story of... Welcome to this week's episode of the Story of Podcast. Uh, I am Smith, your host. Joining me as always is Dr. Mike. And finally, back for the first time in season two is Joe. What's going on, gentlemen? How are you guys? We're good. How are you tonight, Dan? Good, man. Hanging in there. Joe, how are you? I'm doing all right, you know, hanging in there. Same as always. Good. Good. Good, good, good. And we are joined this week by two very, very special guests. Uh, we have Shalice Blythe and Dex Desjardins from the Satanic uh, Satanic Temple. Uh, what's going on, guys? How are you? Hi. Doing all right. Thanks for having us here. Good. Um, thank you guys for joining us, man. This is really, really cool. So our, our topic for this week is uh, is the big guy. It's uh, Satan. But I've been wanting to do this episode for a really long time. <clears throat> I've, I've had a lot of thoughts about this particular topic for many, many years. Things that in my, my brain just don't compute when it comes to the idea of Satan and how it kind of matches up to the modern day um thoughts on the subject so i'm super happy to have you guys here this is this is fucking awesome so um let's get into it um so if you guys wouldn't mind could you tell uh us and our 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 listeners a little bit about the satanic temple can you just give us a little brief run through sure um all right uh so the satanic temple is a church for non-theistic satanists who abide by the uh seven tenets um which you can find on our website and uh, for us, Satan is uh, not a literal deity, but more of a central metaphor around which our ethos is built. And um, so, you know, it's not the spooky Bible Satan or the Satan you see in like Hollywood movies and whatnot or QAnon theories or anything like that. It's uh, it's more of a Promethean hero. So it's it's the light bringer, the person who, you know, the, the being that brings the light of knowledge and dissipates ignorance and is a symbol of uh rebellion against arbitrary authority so yeah. do you so so more or less the idea of the, of the the bringer of light right is that kind of what you you're, you're you're describing right and and um the idea of lucifer from the latin term right bringer of light uh or the morning star from venus right the idea of bringing knowledge to mankind is that more or less the the in a nutshell kind of what you're saying well, and, you know, Satan as the adversary, because that's literally what Satan is defined by. So mm -hmm. when you call yourself a Satanist, you are um, embracing your adversarial nature and your outsider status. So um, that's, uh, you know, one of the key components of when you identify as a Satanist or utilize Satan as uh, as an icon for your uh, fundamental beliefs and, and uh, religious identity, it's the um, embracing of that nature, which um, Satan has represented the the outsider, the adversary, the um, and then, yeah, you get into Lucifer, the light bringer, um, you know, representing enlightenment era values um, and all of these things as a um, as a character, not as a literal deity. So it's it's representative of uh, of an overall idea. And, uh, you know, the, the iconography that comes with it um, is 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 merely a representation not to be taken literally. Picture John Milton Satan. Yeah. Or um, in the case of 
Satanic Temple, we um, we take a lot of inspiration from Anatole France's Revolt of the Angels. Um, and, uh, you know, because we, we in the Satanic Temple do not have a Bible. Um, a lot of people have heard of the Satanic uh, Bible, which was written by Anton LaVey, who founded the Church of Satan in the 1960s. Um, and that, you know, it's a really great foundational book for uh, what, um, you know, what is modern Satanism. Modern Satanism as a religious identity started with Anton LaVey in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are uh, very much evolved from from uh, Church of Satan ideology and and what Anton LaVey founded. But obviously, there's there's a little bit of overlap, a little bit in in certain uh, aspects. But um, you know, the Satanic Temple, we've um, you know taken a lot of the foundations of you know what what modern Satanism is. And um, uh, utilized a lot more Enlightenment era values in those, um, you know, kind of taken more of an evolved stance on what, you know, what Satan represents and how one can practice Satanism. And uh, we, we draw inspiration from uh, the Revolt of the Angels written by Anatole France and really it's it's like the last five pages of the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that book is quite the bore, and a lot of it is just, you know, conversations happening in a cafe, but, um, you know, the very last, the very last few pages, you know, really encapsulate this idea of, um, you know, the, the struggle of, uh, you know, what, what people consider the, the fall of, you know, the fall of Satan, and, um, you know, what that means, and, and, uh, um, you know, this idea of, you know, victory is a spirit, Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, yeah, so we, we, how we conceptualize Satan, how we conceptualize our Satanism, it take, uh, takes a lot of inspiration. That's from awesome. That. You know, my, my understanding from what my research was, you know, there's, there's, there's the, the idea of Satan in Judaism, which is very, very different than the idea of Satan in Christianity. Oh, yeah. Here. Yep. I'm the Jew of the group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm just going to say, I mean, you know, one of the, one of the big, uh, um, questions we get is, you know, uh, why have we picked this symbol of, of hatred against Christianity? And one of the things we like to remind people is Christianity doesn't own the name mm. Satan. Uh, Satan has, you know, appeared in multiple religious traditions and not always as the adversary of God, um, mm-hmm. certainly not as what pop culture in America has turned Satan into. And, you know, uh, I actually, so we're both on the Satanic Temple's Ordination Council, and we're both uh, writers and presenters of some of the core ordination lessons. And uh, then I also did an elective lesson on the, the Jewish origins of Western esoteric symbolism. And so part of these discussions was about, you know, well, what is Satan from a Jewish perspective? Mm. And the answer is, well, there there isn't one in the way that there is for Christianity. It's simply not a topic that Jews talk about. We don't have this, you know, antichrist <laughs> boogeyman uh, or any single single entity uh, that you call Satan. Satan is whatever the adversary or the accuser is in any given situation. So, you know, we didn't see, uh, uh, from a Jewish perspective, uh, the serpent in mm, the Garden mm-hmm. of Eden as being the same thing as, you know, other things that Christians attribute to being Satan. You know, the serpent was literally a serpent, an anthropomorphic, <laughs> lizard-like creature. It lost its legs and was forced to crawl on the ground. Um, and, 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 you know, even amongst Orthodox Jews, that's considered to be a parable, mm. you know, biblical literalism is very much a Christian yeah. phenomenon. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I live down here in the South. I'm in, I'm in North Carolina and the literalism with the Bible down in the, in the Bible belt is, is quite, uh, quite stark down here, you know, 
Um, but you know, it goes back to the idea of like this dualistic, right? The dualism of Zoroastri- Zoroastrianism, um, where there's got to be a good and there has to be an evil, right? And so thus the face of evil must be something that there's got to be, right? There's this actual uh, personification of evil, you know? But yeah, this idea of, of the personification of evil as where, you know, Satan is the the main baddie, right? The big baddie, um, you know, the guy that's that's fighting against uh, uh, God has never made sense to me, to be honest with you. Um, you know, if the idea of God is is uh, is all knowing and all powerful, how is there something that is thus something he's, he cannot control over? Does that make any sense? You know what I mean? Yeah, I've actually thought of Christians, um, well, at least many of them, as especially in the evangelical strain, as having not a trinity, but kind of like a, I don't know, whatever a force <laughs> would be. Because, you know, you've got your Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then apparently this Satan that's so powerful that, you know, is able to wage war with God with, you know, some yeah. degree of yeah. success. And it's almost like, well, all right, so you, wor- you, you actually spend as much time worrying about Satan as you do worshiping God. Kind of the quaternity and uh, the process church. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it really, it goes against the the idea of the omnipotence of God, right? I mean, if you think about it, right, if God is all-powerful and, and all-knowing and, and omnipotent, then there should not be an adversary, quote-unquote, right, that, it you know, God, whatever it is, it can't just nip out real quick. I mean, to me, it's never really um, made sense to me, you know? Um, and I've never really kind of grasped that. And the idea of punishment either, that never really, under, I never understood that as well. Right? I always go back to, everybody ever see uh, Little Nicky? All right. So oh, the yeah. part where Hitler comes up and he's got, I think he's got the pineapple, right? And it's like, it's, it's hey, up his ass, right? Okay. Ass, yeah. So to me, that doesn't yeah. make any sense to me because wouldn't like the, I don't know. Like, wouldn't the the ultimate fuck you to God be like a place where all like the really bad people can go and just party all day long and just have a fucking great time? You know, like, wouldn't that be the ultimate, you know, up yours? Raising the evil. Yeah, like being being kind of uh, rewarded for it. Like, wouldn't that? I I don't know. I I feel like if Satan is there and and the idea of this concept of hell and this concept of Satan, where people go that do bad things go and they're punished. Isn't that not working in league with God then, right? Wouldn't that when they would be partners then? Well, I mean, if you're if you're somebody who's considered bad enough to go to hell, you're around all the other sinners. I mean, that's where I want to go. I mean, <laughs> if the if the whole you know, if I die and I'm wrong about <laughs> there being a God and a Satan, and I'm confronted with God, I mean, all I would do is just you know, two two fingers up and walk backwards into hell as I stare <laughs> them off, you know. And, <laughs> But I know I'd be in good company, so it's it's. Not I mean, my concept of hell has got to be yet. it's got to be a hell of a lot more fun. I don't know, maybe that's just me. You know, it sounds like a good time. Yeah, I mean. And I've heard people. I've heard people who come from a you know theistic point of view describe hell as merely being the absence of God. And in hmm. that case, I've been in hell since I I. I don't know, relinquished my relinquished my belief in that. And it actually I, I've actually been living a lot better life ever since then. So if this is hell, uh, you know, there are worse things, I guess. <laughs> but um but yeah, it's that's kind of why um, you know, we we very much reject the Christian idea of what Satan is. Because, you know, again, if you if you take if you take the, the um if you 
If you take Satan at its literal and its literal definition, it just means yeah. adversary. An adversary can mean literally anything to anybody at any given time, whether that's culturally or, or you know, in society or, or whatever the case may be. You're just embracing being the adversary or being the outsider. And so a lot of a lot of people in literature have taken this idea of Satan um, and have kind of flipped this notion on its head of I like to call it the I like to call it um, my, my favorite author of all time, Harlan Ellison. He wrote a book called The Death Bird, and he described it so eloquently. He said, you know, um, what if what if Satan was the good guy, but God had the better PR? And I kind of view that as how that. You know, we conceptualize the the myth of when we think of Satan, when we think of the mm -hmm. fall. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. We think of this. We think of this angel that defied God. And was quote unquote punished for it, but I actually think that, um, but you know, but the um, you know, depending on who you talk to in the literature you write, um, uh, this this defiance and um, it's it wasn't a fall; it was the ultimate liberation. So where some people contextualize the the fall of Lucifer, the fall of Satan as being this horrible punishment, you know, people like Satanists view that as being the ultimate, uh, um, you know, the ultimate liberation from, you know, God's atrocity um, and God's oppression. And that is, you know, that is something to strive for. And so we we embrace that and we use that, that, that general idea, that general story as inspiration for how we approach our lives and how we, you know, embrace either the iconography or what it means to us as Satanists, because Satanists are very individualistic. What Satan means to one Satanist can mean something different, but the unifying aspect is kind of that idea of Satan good, mm. God bad. And, you know, what that's what Satan is and what God is doesn't have to be this this binary notion or at least this theistic notion of Satan, you know, as two deities. You know, God can be, you know, God is, you know, ultimately the ultimate oppressor. And so we deal with that in society. We deal, you know, we deal with that in our lives. So God can be any anything that is representative or or very literally your oppressor and you the satan are the adversary and the ones defying that that, that oppression so yeah that's that's why um yeah viewing viewing god and satan and and uh, when people think that oh without christians you know you know your whole existence is just to say fuck christianity and it's not it's mm -hmm. not and you know the the idea of owning god and owning the icon of satan from a christian point of view is not understanding the history of either yeah that's a good point i agree and yeah. you know it, it goes back to you know as as what dex was saying before going to the story of of you know in eden I mean, with the apple of knowledge, right? I mean, that's really what it was. What what did the serpent give to man? It, knowledge. The tree of knowledge. The tree of knowledge. Knowledge, knowledge. right? Mm -hmm. And so without that, man would have been forced to live in ignorance. And so I've always kind of looked at that story as kind of like, this, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why why would that have been a horrible thing where human beings get knowledge and language and metallurgy and all of these things in order to create society, to create a, a life worth living on Earth? what would have been the alternative then had they not gotten it's funny you, know. you when you it's funny because when i started my research too i started just looking up about satan just trying to get some some background on who is he you know why is he just put into such a position of we don't understand him but he's the he's the bad guy automatically without us really getting to know anything about him 
And when you really think about the Bible, the Bible is just really a book of stories that's supposed to, I guess, teach us um, more about morals and values. Then you start to say, okay, well, it's just a story. There's a good guy and a bad guy to every story. Every good story has a good guy and a bad guy. So, okay, I'm with that. And then I started researching, reading about the whole story about the Garden of Eden. And it made me really start to think about the serpent and Eve and the punishments for what she's done, the, the original mm -hmm. sin. I'm like, great story. But it, there's a lot of bullshit in that. Like, who wouldn't want knowledge? Mm. Who's okay with just going through life without knowing anything or wanting to learn something different? Even just being here today, we're opening ourselves to more knowledge in life. So is this a sin by us doing this? Not at all. It's just being more informed about what's going on in the world. I always wondered about the, the idea of, okay, so you've put these two people in a garden and they don't know right, right from wrong. And then you punish them for not knowing right from wrong, yep. basically, <laughs> you know, uh, I never quite grasped that. There's an old Hasidic tale uh, that kind of explains the uh, Adam and Eve and the fall story to a very different perspective where, uh, where it's all part of the, the grand plan to help humanity reach its full potential. And without the fall, they would never have gotten to this place of spiritual en uh, enlightenment, basically, that uh, the Hasidim... Uh, you know, find themselves to be in. And uh, mm. I, I always thought that was kind of interesting. This, this verse of like, well, you know, it wasn't actually a punishment. It was, it was actually like, this was, this was the next stage in the spiritual evolution of humanity and God <laughs> knew this. And so, you know, which doesn't really explain away some of the language that's clearly, <laughs> you know, delineating punishment in the, in the story, like you'll suffer and die and childbirth is going to suck and all yeah. that. It certainly sounds like a punishment to me. But, uh, you know, it's interesting to see how different people uh, take on the uh, the complexity of that story. And, and and it's not even and it's not even the first time that story appears. I mean, you know, we we call Satan a Promethean hero for a reason, you know, brought, what yeah, brought knowledge do? and fired from the brought gods, knowledge, yeah, humanity, you know, and, and the idea that all of mankind has been punished ever since. Right. It's the the original sin that we now all bear. We quote unquote all bear. Um, seems a bit much, man, for eating an apple. You know, I mean, that's that's you know, it's kind of a harsh fucking punishment, man. But you can eat, you can eat from any tree, yeah. just not that one. Just like a kid, if you tell a kid not to but touch something. Does that not mean it. that like just... God took on the original role though of the tempter, right? I mean, is was he not the tempter? Wasn't he the first tempter then, right? I mean, if you think about it, you know, you, you I mean, it was kind of a dick move to be honest. <laughs> I mean, like, whatever you do, don't eat this apple from this tree. And then what do you expect people are going to do? I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, I don't know. It's never made sense to me. And going back to like the book of Job, that's a fucked up story. The book of Job is a fucked up oh, story. Yeah. And it's like, it's just a fucked up bet that God has, right, with, 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 with Satan. And at that point, I mean, to me, that's more or less, that's like, that's the the role that I I see Satan in more as is it's almost like a, a prosecuting attorney like again bringing light bringing light to people who may be tempted or, or whatnot you know um, but that's just a fucked up story as well like I don't know how do you read this and not look at this whole situation and be like I mean God's kind of he does some dick shit man you know it's, it's not it's not cool bro yeah that's why. Yeah, that's why that's why like uh, a lot of other things you just don't mm. take the fairy tales literally and you just see them as overall like 
uh, overall story that ties into certain themes and you take it in the in the extract and yeah i mean it's it's that the problem the problem with taking anything like that very literally is the fact that you're just constantly going to be like you know yeah. what the fuck why would this happen so it's it's nice to release yourself from the from the duty or the belief that any of that shit was real and just seeing them yeah. for the parables that they are yeah and uh you know one of the things that i that i do like about judaism uh well you know there isn't there isn't yeah. the original sin that's a christian um concept but also there's it never says anywhere that god is good or loving it just <laughs> quite it, 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 at all it, it never ascribes goodness or badness to god um and so you know when you're reading like well what's that one uh, uh Jacob and Isaac, right? And you know, sacrifice your son. Your, yeah, yeah, on a big your, rock uh, and go for it, me. you know. And I'm, I'm gonna see how yeah. far you'll go. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, oh, J.K., you know, it would just, you know, th thanks for indulging me, but you don't actually have to murder. And then you wonder why Isaac's so quiet <laughs> through the rest of the of Genesis. Like it's his, it's his wife speaking for him, or his father, yeah. or somebody else. He's traumatized. The guy's a PTSD. Like my dad tried to kill me on a rock one time. <laughs> You know, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament are two pretty fucking different gods, you know, very, very different. And then you get into the Gnostic beliefs, which believes the false God and all that type of shit. But it's also, I mean, if you go into, uh, I'm, I'm a history teacher as well. So if you go into the idea of Satan being used as a weapon by the Catholic Church, right, in order to garner power, especially throughout the medieval period is, you know, I mean, there's just countless just centuries upon centuries. You know, you have a book written in a specific language that the poor folks can't read. Uh, because they don't know Latin. So the only people that they can listen to to understand this book are the priests who can tell them whatever the fuck they want. Uh, I'd scare the shit out of them that if you don't do exactly what I tell you to do, you're going to go to this place and you're going to suffer for all of eternity. It's, 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 it's a power move, you know? And then the Malleus Maleficarum comes around and then... Which we to touched upon like actually yeah. when we did our uh, Salem Witch Trials uh, episodes from... Which was a very, very <laughs> interesting... We did a set of four episodes with that, which is... Again, it's the whole idea of using the devil as a fear tactic or as a fear tool to get people in line um, specifically against women uh, and specifically against people of, of you know, uh, lower socioeconomic status, which was kind of the way that the Catholic Church, I mean, if the Puritans were actually, you know, obviously the, the separatists and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, Satan as, as a tool, as, as a weapon against certain classes and people and, and sexes and, and, you know, it's cause a lot of death you know oh yeah i have a question do you guys um adhere or believe in the stories of the bible and just interpret them differently or is there like another timeline that you guys uh that you would follow in your religion like you said another book another um theology in general uh no so we we don't we don't care for nor do we view the christian bible as being anything but a uh, a religious text for people that you know believe in that but yeah we don't we don't put any stock in it um when we talk about when we talk about satan and when we uh when we talk about uh the um what inspires us to call ourselves satanists and base our religious iconography and our religious philosophy around uh we take a lot of inspiration from the romantic satanists that have written uh books uh that uh, conceptualize satan 
as, you know, kind of what we talked about before, uh, you know, symbolic of Enlightenment era values, um, you know, t uh, conceptualizing the fall of Satan as actually being like the ultimate liberation. So Anatole France's Revolt of the Angels, you know, uh, TST specifically cites that book as inspiring how we view how we view Satan and why we, uh, you know, why we embrace, uh, you know, Satan in our religious philosophy. Um, and then you have, you know, your Blake's, Shelley's and, and all that. Um, and then, of course, you have, uh, you know, Dante's Inferno and, and you know, how, how Satan has been represented in those texts. Um, but, uh, you know, it's we, we don't uh, we don't put any stock in the, you know, in the Christian narrative of God and Satan or specifically how they how they view God. You know, we, we take the, you know, what what Satan represents as a as a human spirit. Um, what Satan represents uh, historically and um, uh, and all of the ways in which Satan has inspired, you know, the, the, the you know, the esoteric, um, you know, the underground, you know, it, Satanism has a, a long history, um, you know, even though as a, as a religious identity, it didn't start until the 1960s. But we take a lot of we take a lot of inspiration from those that came before us that started. Um, utilizing the icon of Satan in a in a very empowering and positive way, um, and so you know a lot of that had you know the the old you know the magicians mm -hmm. of old you know you've got Aleister Crowley's your Elvis Levy's um, uh, you know all of, like you know the the order the order Templis Orientis. Um, uh, you know, groups that came before the, the establishment of the Church of Satan, where uh, whether you're talking about the Romantic uh, Satanist authors or you're talking about uh, those who were belonged to like underground esoteric uh, groups that, you know, weren't self-identified Satanists, but, um, you know, kind of embraced their satanic nature or, you know, um, you know, utilized Satan as Satan as a pot in a positive light. Uh, that all inspired how, you know, religious Satanism came to be, how it's evolved. And, you know, we have, you know, Satanism has its offshoots, just like mm. any other religious identity, a religious group. Um, but uh, the common, the common core of what Satanists believe is, um, you know, basing our, basing our, um, our views, philosophy around the the um you know the literary metaphor of what satan is based off of you know other uh um you know uh, literature that that uh, represents satan in that light and not to be taken as a literal deity and not representation of evil and all those yeah. things that's a very christian way of thinking of things and we outright reject that yeah you know, satanism doesn't really have a cosmology or a creation story um yeah. or anything like that it's we're, we're pretty agnostic in that regard and um you know, we get that question quite often about uh, uh, where where do we come from? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, and that's okay. Because we would rather be able to say, be intellectually honest enough to say, we don't know the answer and that's okay and we'll keep looking yeah. than, than just adopt some story yeah. because we don't know what the answer is. So we must, you know, we got to pick something. Yeah, we don't have creation myths. We don't, yeah, we, we don't have, we don't have a lot of things when you, when you think about a religion, you know, we are very, we are very much a religion and in all regards outside okay. of a theistic point of view. Um, and then what makes TST different is that, you know, we don't have a Bible, you know, our, our founders, you know, didn't come around one day and say, we, you know, we, uh, we are the next arbiters of 
what Satanism is. We have all the inspiration. We have all the knowledge. We're getting divine communications from Satan himself and, you know, writing it down and saying this is how things should be. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, we're, we're just like the, we consider ourselves to be kind of like the natural evolution of thought and Satanism from what came before. And the Satanism that was founded by Anton LaVey was, again, inspired by a lot of things that came before. So it's just kind of this... Um, you know, a lot of a lot of work, a lot of traditions, you know, throughout the ages that inspired, um, you know, th th that inspired people. And then Anton LaVey took that, wrapped it, um, wrapped it around the icon of Satan and that that grew that birthed the the religious identity of Satan, uh, Satanism. And, you know, a lot of people have been inspired and kind of there's been offshoots Um the only, I mean, there are, there are like, you know, some theistic Satanists out there, you know, like, again, like, you know, like I said, there are, there are sects within Satanism, mm -hmm. like the general umbrella of Satanism, where, you know, there is theistic point of view, um, and then, uh, and then you have the Temple of Set, um, which, uh, which was founded by Michael Aquino. He uh, used to be a member, a high-ranking member in the Church of Satan, and then he decided to kind of do his own thing, uh, like around, you know, in the late six in the in the seventies. Seventy-five. I Seventy. Think. Yeah, I think it was seventy-five. And um, his uh, his whole point of view was that um, the the god yeah. Set from the Egyptian mythology yeah. is is a real deity. And um, Set um, has been known by many names, you know, throughout the ages. And what we consider Satan to be is actually the god Set. Um, so there's a, so there's a whole temple of Set, you know, set around that thing. But obviously, because he came from Satanism, and because they, um, because they they view Satan as just being the god Set, you know, that's you know still a part of you know Satanism. It's kind of considered under the umbrella, even mm -hmm. though they come from a they, they have more of a theistic point of view of things. Yeah you know they still have a lot of traditions a lot of uh you know ritual a lot of things that um you know come from come from all of the inspired practices that we engage in and there's luciferians too they yeah. are and they're theistic but they yeah. there's they're sort of uh like mm -hmm. the gnostics in a way like they believe that lucifer is the real god yes okay you know, again not, I, I have never met a satanist who actually believes in and worships symbolic evil. <laughs> yeah you know yeah. that that is you know, if someone asked me like, "Well, what do you? Well, then what do you call someone who believes in like the the Christian devil?" I said, "You call them a Christian." <laughs> it's yeah, they're not Satan. Pretty much. I mean, it's and it's not even an insult either. It's just logic. You know what I mean? It, like you had said before. Yeah. So, w was there like a schism between you guys and Anton Lavey's Church of Satan? Was there a, a break point? Because I was reading through your website, and it seemed almost like there was a little bit of beef there, and uh, and I, I wasn't sure if there was a. Uh, you know, was there a specific incident that happened or, or is it just kind of going off on separate, separate ways? Well, our one co-founder, we, so we have two co-founders, uh, Malcolm Jerry and Lucian Greaves. And Lucian Greaves was uh, a okay. member of the Church of Satan. And I don't know what the story is, but he's not a member <laughs> okay. of the Church of Satan anymore. Nope. And, uh, and it is pretty disliked, I believe, by the majority of their leadership. Uh, that's okay. my understanding of things. And there is quite a bit of animosity f between a good number of the members and leaders of the two organizations, largely because, uh, the ch well, you know, the Church of Satan generally views us as being uh, taking taking their religion and turning it into okay. something else um, and, you know, therefore being imposters. 
and we tend to dislike the fact that they literally side with Christian theocrats against us in court cases to try to portray us as being, uh, you know, political uh, stunt stuntsmen. Um, which, you know, it's like, well, how can you call yourself Satanists and ally with people who are trying to force Christianity down everyone's throats using the organs yeah. of the state? And who are literally calling you evil, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And and so, yeah, I mean, so, cause that, so the animosity that I, I was I was picking up on on the website, that it wasn't that wasn't me, right? <laughs> like, cause... No, no, no. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, um, the creation of TST, you know, is, is wholly separate from, um, you know, Lucian Greaves's departure from the Church of Satan, you know, uh, uh, TST was not a response to his separation from the Church of Satan. In fact, you know, I, I you know, I doubt I, if him and Malcolm hadn't met, I, I doubt there would be a TST mm. because, you know, I think, you know, Lucian Greaves would just be, you know, consider himself a Satanist and then that, that would just be it. He yeah. just wouldn't be a part of a, an organized, you know, he wouldn't be a part of a religion. But, um, you know, TST kind of started started as it you know, started as idea it, it did not start as as a as a uh, a legitimate religious uh evolution of you know modern modern satanism um that's not how it started i mean it kind of did start as a bit of a a bit of a you know tongue in cheek prank a little bit um you know and this was uh but you know the thing is is that what tst represented and what it was meant to be in the beginning is wholly separate is completely different than what we are now i mean we're i mean in 2023 we will be 10 years old tst will be uh, a decade old and in that time um it started it started as something very small it started as this wholly completely different idea of you know seeing seeing theocracy taking hold Mm. in america and seeing how um, you know, ex- religious extremists using the tools of of government as a way to, um, you know, give uh, give rights and um, privileges to you know one group under the guise of religious liberty, and then completely excusing, but that you know obviously it doesn't extend uh, elsewhere. So, you know, the original idea was. You know, okay, so you have these religious liberty laws, you have encroaching theocracy, you have all these laws that are, you know, under the guise of making sure people's religious freedoms are, are you know, protected. But what would happen if a Satanist were to utilize those same protections? What if they were to come out and say, well, we want the exact same treatment and we want to do the exact same things, you know, for, you know, for the sake of plurality? So that was the original idea. But what ended up happening was um it, it lit it lit a spark like the 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 idea of it and and the nature of it went from this simple idea and you know a few attempts at you know uh c- kind of shoving it in people's faces but it, it lit a spark under a lot of people who either were already satanists or people that are coming into satanism or people who had no idea what satanism was but it just it, it just kind of started this evolution of thought of um you know what what could satanism be and so from this idea of satanists being completely sick and tired of having um their rights taken from them or not having the same rights or seeing the um uh you know seeing the, like a double standard in a way huh? yeah seeing the double standard yeah, seeing the double standards or, or seeing how they were seen as lesser people or, or, you know, so whatever people's reasons were for being drawn to the satanic temple and that idea, it, it, 
it's um, that was a thing that started that evolution of thought. And so as TST evolved, so did the nature of, you know, why people were a part of it. And it actually inspired this um, very sincere religious movement. And so, you know, with the seven tenants and, you know, the growing of, you know, chapters, which are now congregations, the creation of an ordination uh, program, having ministers, um, you know, being able to get, um, you know, IRS recognized status and um, being affirmed, uh, being affirmed in courts as being a, a, as a legitimate religion and and holding on to that like it, it just this this um this very small pranky type um uh start inspired so many people and did start this um you know religious movement and it's you know uh um you know it's it's an evolved form of satanism and you know there are you know and there are some people who um you know have you know came from the church of satan and um, you know, they weren't getting a lot out of being members of Church of Satan. And they're like, you know, TST was 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 the thing that they found missing. Like you can actually actively participate in your Satanism. And there are other things you can do in your Satanism that TST really embraces and is a part of our philosophy and our tenets that COS doesn't have. And um, or, you know, people can, you know, be members of TST, but still really really love like LaVey's work and a lot of things that he wrote about and, and find a lot of inspiration in that work. You know, those things don't have to be mutually exclusive necessarily. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. It's been really interesting, but uh, oh, yeah. you know, when I, yeah. I joined in 2015, which, you know, in, in TST terms is a geological age ago. Dinosaurs. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So it's 2014 on 2015. It only began in 2013, yeah. you know, yeah. and, uh, so when I joined, there was probably around 300 some odd members in like eight chapters, I think. We yeah. just we just established our 47th congregation and passed 810,000 members wow. worldwide. Yeah, and um, international. Yeah. yeah, we are per capita the fastest growing religion in America <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> numerically, they're still, you know, Scientology, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it's been absolutely wild to watch... Uh, watch it grow and you know one of the one of the big turning points in the organization's history was that documentary we all love to hate we being those mm -hmm. who were around beforehand mm -hmm. the hail satan documentary mm -hmm. by penny lane um and uh we i mean we exploded in membership from like around ten thousand members to well over 150,000 in the space of wow. six months mm -hmm. after that came out now a lot of those folks came here no i know what you're talking is it hail satan with a question mark at the end of it right yeah, it's available okay. on Hulu still. Yeah, and it, it does a good job with some things, and it does a shoddy job with other things. And the part where it lacks tremendously is in the religious element. It really portrays us as being activists mm. only or primarily. Uh, it focuses on a lot of early protest actions that were largely the domain of a single former leader. Um, and, uh, and so we got a lot of people who joined after the Hail Satan documentary came out thought that we were going to be their vehicle and their mouthpiece for saving the whales and recycling and mm. you know every yeah. every progressive worthwhile cause there is which is simply not what we are i mean activism is like maybe 10 percent of what the satanic temple actually does these days and uh the activism we do on a on a, a large scale is incredibly narrow intentionally incredibly narrow it's basically just about asserting our rights as satanists to religious equality asserting our rights 
to equitable representation in civic life and upholding the separation of church mm -hmm. and state. So all of our national efforts, that's really it. That's where it all points. Now, local congregations do a wide variety of, of community service types of things and stuff. So that's, but anyway, the reason I go on this tangent is a lot of the people who joined after Hail Satan left loudly and angrily because mm -hmm. they realized we weren't what they thought they were, thought we had made the documentary and duped them into joining a cult. <laughs> now, we had, we did not make the documentary. We did not. We did not. That was a third party independent project. We had no say whatsoever into what went into the final cut. They just followed our people around mm. for a bunch of years. And yeah, then, I think they followed us for like three or four years. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, but, but, as as many as came and then left, we had even more who came and stayed. And a lot of those people are now, you know, in leadership or they're active in congregations or they're ministers. So, you know, it was it was sort of a, it was a double edged sword. And we still have to kind of unteach some of what Hail Satan has portrayed us as. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like they say, yeah. like, right, you know, nope. No publicity is bad publicity, right? And so, I mean, if you if you got the word out and it helped you guys to spread, right? Because uh, I mean, I was on your your website. I mean, there is a ton of, of chapter. I mean, there's 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 multiple uh, in North Carolina alone. There's like three or four. You know, I, I don't know it's, it's chapters. I think it's not the right word. Ministries is that the, which is the word? They're, they're called they were they were called chapters until 2021, and then now they're gotcha. called congregations. Yeah. Okay. So there's 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 multiple congregations in 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 you know in single states, which is insane. Like that's crazy. There's you know there's, there's a lot. Yeah, in some cases, like, depending on how big the state is, like Texas, you got it. Like by by very nature of Texas, you have to have multiple chapters. You know, yeah. Yeah. Texas, I saw there was quite a few, which is interesting. It's not really one of the states what I would expect. Right to see a lot of congregations of in basically five countries put into one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, um, and interestingly, a lot of our most active and public uh, congregations and members are in the Bible Belt, yeah. where or or in like Appalachia and stuff like that. Places where it's yeah. like I live in upstate New York. If I walk down the street wearing a a, a, a shirt with a Satan dot thing on it, and people recognize it, they're like, "Oh, Satanic Temple! I love what you do." Because in here in Albany, you <laughs> see the people who go to church every week as being a little weird. Like it's this is the second most secular city in America, but people who are like in like Georgia or Texas or Arizona. West Virginia, Arizona, yeah, mm. doing this stuff. I'm like, man, you are you are you are a different stock. You are very brave, <laughs> and I hope yeah. you're packing because, damn. No, you have to, yeah, yeah. yeah with the amount of death threats and shit you get, and people just showing up wanting to kill you. Like I had that when I was living in Utah, so. Like literally, someone showed up to try to kill her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I when I was the director of After School Satan Club, um, I had opened. Uh, we were able to establish a, a club in in Salt Lake, uh, one of the elementary schools, and um, I had been previously doxxed, and so my information was out there. Um, wow. So somebody who was convinced I was uh, teaching Satan to these children. Uh, yeah, found my address, uh, showed up at my, showed up at my house, had a nine millimeter and he knew, yeah, like I said, this is, you know, they, he wanted to kill me. Um, um, and that was his intent, uh, showing up. So, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, for all the, for all the good, great, wonderful things, um, that comes with, you know, being a part of TST, if, you know, that's, um, you know, all the, 
all the religious fulfillment you get and all the mm-hmm. all the other things it definitely has its uh downsides but you know it's it's uh you know it's still still not safe to be a satanist no. especially in america yeah. and especially in the post-trump era i oh, mean yeah. it, it got it definitely got worse after QAnon really brought out all the weirdos and uh yeah we, uh, we actually had someone uh attack our headquarters a few yeah, couple arson, months yeah, ago yeah we had an arson attack yeah, yeah a pretty successful one they did a substantial amount of damage Jesus. to our, our building yeah. and the worst part is it was it, there was people in there there was employees yeah. and guests inside the building when mm-hmm. this person firebombed the main entrance wow with and the irony of of that right i mean if you have the people that are that are in their minds right working i guess they're you know thinking they're doing god's work right is, is literally doing the exact thing that pretty much every well, religion tells you not well, to do think, which is well, don't kill well, if you think about it god god's work has always been evil so you know it makes sense to me and then the guy actually, the the culprit who was not good at escaping, um, <laughs> he crouched behind a bush and waited Stop. inside the fence to the property while the yeah I'm yeah he just yeah he, he just wanted to watch. During his arraignment, he self described what he did as a hate crime. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he said, yeah, yes, this was a hate crime. He said, thereby mm-hmm. <laughs> admitting to several felonies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. That's that's definitely an issue. I mean, I guess you could applaud the guy for having absolute, uh, you know, having absolute conviction in his in his uh, um, beliefs. He was also this wasn't his first arson either. Apparently. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is like his third arson, I think. You know, mm-hmm. someone that uh, that's just spewing that hatred, it's just as bad as like these people that are just, you know, uh, what is it uh, like car bombers and and stuff that people just jump mm-hmm. on a bus with bombs strapped to them and blow up a bus with people. Yeah. Like, why? Why would you do well, that's an extremist. I mean, that's that's literally an extremist. That yeah. that dude is a, he is a religious zealot extremist. The, the, now, the guy that tried to that that went after you in Utah was he part of the LDS or was that uh, part of the Christian Church? You, you know? know, interestingly enough, I never got the story about uh, that person's um, religious views. But you know, having been you know being from Utah, um, I never got any issue any. Um, I never got any backlash or um, bad interactions with anyone from the LDS church. Mm. Um, it was, which is a, which, which, you know, if you know anything about Mormons um, is part of it. And, and I, and I'm basing this off of a lot of conversations I've had with people of the LDS faith who knew I was a Satanist and we you know, had very, very um, pointed conversations about it. Um, one person had told me that, you know, uh, you know, me being a Satanist wasn't, wasn't a problem. I mean, obviously they had their ideas of what it was and, you know, Satan like, oh no, but, um, didn't necessarily have a problem and didn't really feel any kind of vitriol because, you know, they understand what it's like to be a, uh, a discriminated against religion. That makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the Mormons are still the weird ones, you know, when it comes to yeah. uh, any kind of Abrahamic base. I get not Abrahamic, but like, but anyway, yeah. a, a Christian, you know, uh, any anyone based in the Christian faith, you know, Mormons yeah. are still considered the weirdos. And, the weird cousins, you know, yeah. they were hunted down by the government, you know, and in fairly recently in recent history. So um, not that they condoned or... Um, um, not that they, not that they condoned, the, you know, you know, not that they condoned Satanism or, or anything like that, but there is that, there is that mutual understanding of what that's like, and mm-hmm. you know, Mormons are pretty, 
I mean, they'll, they'll pray for you and then talk shit about you behind your back and stuff like that. But to your there, but to your face, they're mm-hmm. actually fairly, fairly nice. They really sure. only go after their. They only ever really go after their own. Yeah. Um. So you know, when it comes to you know, um, uh, when when it comes to the trauma that they that they inflict upon uh, inflict upon people, whether that's gay conversion or or all of the terrible things that you know they'll do to their own people, they don't act, they don't focus that outward. They like they'll only treat their their own like shit, um, not not outsiders because you know you're outsiders you don't know any better so who cares, yeah. um so yeah uh, Mormons I've never had a problem with. I got a quick question for Shalise. When I know Dax, you said when growing up you were um, in Judaism. I was just wondering yes. what what religion did you I guess become raised with? Uh, conservative Judaism. Okay. Shalise, you? So it's like. Um, it's it's not quite like liberal reform, but it's not orthodox. It's sort of like more liberal uh, theology with more orthopraxy. So you know the practices tend to be more on the orthodox side, but the beliefs are generally more liberal. So like egalitarian, yeah. like you know women rabbis, and you know some drive on yeah. Sabbath and some don't. Some yeah. eat kosher and some don't. But um, the services and whatnot are closer in nature to an orthodox one than they would be to say a reform. Uh, Congregation. I'm not sure how much any of this means to, to anyone who hasn't been hasn't uh, been to Jewish services of various varieties or not. So if anything needs clarification, let me know. I'm just that I'm just intrigued sense. by it because you know it's you know we're all brought into the world. We're all taught you know how to walk, how to speak, how to write, and religion is just put on you by your parents. And it's not like you really get that choice in life until you're an yeah. adult. I think it's interesting that, you know, there was a conversion. You know, sometimes I feel I feel like some people may have been brought up without any religious beliefs. And maybe that's what, you know, kind of swayed you from one side to another. I was just that's why I was interested in it. Yeah. Uh, so actually, uh, there was absolutely no religious compulsion in my household whatsoever. My dad was an uh, atheist. Uh, my mom, uh, though Jewish, was, is, is a practicing Catholic. Um, and her whole thing was read all the stuff and pick the one that works best for you. So, you know, we were, um, I don't, I I think my sister decided to get baptized at one point when she was like 20 something um, Mm. on her own, but like nobody ever forced anyone to go to religious services in my house or anything like that. Um, And, you know, we could talk very freely about beliefs and uh, like there was a time in my life where I thought Islam might be, the the thing and you know yeah, talk you, yeah. to my parents about it my my dad thought that was more silly than not but my my mom was but but was still willing to drive me to a mosque to you know meet with the imam and whatnot so it was that's awesome yeah no it was really good like I have that's no really cool trauma whatsoever uh, which just you know for a lot of Satanists their religious trauma is a huge motivating factor and a big part of why they're a Satanist so I don't have any like anti theistic views I'm not anti any religion or anything like that. I just, I just at a certain point decided I'd, I realized, I should say, I, I'd lost my faith. And so I started to uh, dabble in various forms of not, of, of, of polytheism, like paganism, mm-hmm. you know, various types and stuff, and thought it was pretty cool, but ultimately realized I didn't believe in any of that either. So that kind of left me spiritually yeah. adrift and without a, and when you lose your religion, you lose your religious community too. You know, yeah. it's not it's not not just your yeah. beliefs; it's all the people that come with it, and the and the support networks, which it turns out I shouldn't have lost and have regained. I'm actually very active still in the in Albany's Jewish community, uh, even though I'm not uh, you know a believer per se. Um, and uh, 
so finally i found satanism through like many people through the satanic bible there was no tst yet when i first found it and but i didn't like a lot of what the church of satan was doing or teaching at this point and you know i felt like it had stagnated its views on women which might have been you know progressive in 1966 had completely stagnated mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. point mm-hmm. you know they were still teaching yeah. ain randian social darwinism which is you know as a as a social theory has been thoroughly debunked and uh Ragnar Redbeard. Reg- oh my god that guy that is right yeah uh, and so but when tst came along and i was like oh wait they left behind uh uh, the Ayn Rand stuff, and they left behind, yeah. you know, the parts that I found less palatable. I was like, oh shit, here's here's a group I can, you know, I can hitch my wagon to this star, and I did, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. it's been a wild ride mm-hmm. since then, that's for sure. Shalise, yeah. uh, what what about you? Would you mind, like, what were were you brought up in a very religious household, or is there anything that drove drove you towards? Um, so, um, I like to say I was raised culturally Mormon, but inside the household, the, the, the religious teaching was very generic Christian. Uh, mm-hmm. the, um, I, I too don't have a lot of religious trauma. Um, my, my family went through bouts of going to church and then bouts of not going to church. And it was just kind of back and forth. And, you know, uh, it, it was all about, Jesus is great. We don't care about the Old Testament. New Testament is a okay in our book. That's what we're going <laughs> to adhere to, and that was pretty much it. Um, so uh, obviously, it was. Um, uh, but yeah, I was I was raised culturally Mormon because I you know grew up in Utah, um, and it's it's completely unavoidable. So I I mean you know, but I I stopped believing in God and stopped believing in the Christian Church. Um, I was. I don't know, like 11, 12 years old. I was really young. Uh, and, you know, by about like 14 years old, I'd really solidified that. I started questioning really young. And, and just by the time, you know, I got to about like 14 years old, I was like, yeah, this isn't this isn't for me. This isn't what I like, um, you know, for a lot of reasons. But again, you know, I didn't have a lot of religious trauma. I wasn't I wasn't raised to be a bigot. I wasn't raised to be a racist. I wasn't mm. raised to have any hate in my hate in my heart at all. So, um, you know, I didn't have any negative influences in, in that regard. And um, I actually became aware of Satanism um, when I was uh, about 16 years old and I had picked up the Satanic Bible and I'd, I'd started reading it. And, you know, I thought it was, I mean, it was unlike anything I'd ever read before. And it was really eye-opening, that and the Satanic Witch. Um, and, you know, these were two, these were two books that just, uh, you know things that i was like oh well i believe that and like this this you know a lot of a lot of things were clicking with me and and um a lot of it resonated with things that i had already you know had already felt or thought you know was was something that was possible and so it was basically an affirming experience but um uh so i'd read the book and then i i had actually knew i knew some members of the church of satan um you know back in utah and i thought they were terrible fucking people um, <laughs> and uh they uh yeah they were they were horrendous pieces of shit and um i my my idea of like what satanists were and what members of the church of satan were based on those people and that the group that they were like they were they were not good people. Mm. 
And, uh, you know, there was, there was, there, there were, you know, other things about what was written in the, the text themselves that I wasn't okay with. So I, I was aware of Satanism, but I, I didn't want to consider myself a Satanist because at the time, what Satanism was, was just based off of what like Anton LaVey was writing about yeah. or had written about and what the church of Satan defined it as. And I, I, I didn't like either. So, you know, I wasn't a hundred percent on board with either. So I was just a, I mean, I just considered myself an atheist for a long time and then mm. and then tst came around and um you know i i was really um i was really drawn to the 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 public um activism that uh, you know because i i thought like oh this is really clever i really i really enjoy that aspect but you know, I started reading the tenants, and when I started reading, um, you know, Lucian Greaves's, uh, you know, he he would write a lot of essays about the foundation, you know, the foundations of like, you know, where philosophically TST was coming from, and you know, essentially a new way of practicing and and conceptualizing Satanism and, and satanic practice outside of the chokehold of the Church of Satan. That's when it clicked. Um, that's that's when it clicked for me. And um, you know, I just uh, you know, I, I I like to call Satanism the coming home religion. Like I mm -hmm. literally like the, the second I you know I, I started reading more, I started delving into the texts that were suggested. You know, there was a lot of stuff that I hadn't been previously made aware of, so I just delved in head first. Like I I was able to read more than just the the, the literature by Anton Lavey. Like I started reading all the texts from you know the Romantic Satanists and and uh, you know I read you know Revolt of the Angels and. Uh, that, you know, it just clicked. It, it really clicked. And so my inspir you know, what really drove me to be a Satanist outside of, you know, loving how TST conceptualized how one can, you know, conceptualizes and practice Satanism, it actually is drawn more from my experience of being a woman. Okay. Um, it's, uh, you know, being somebody who has from the get go never, never wanted to be a part of what society deems my role to be in this world. Uh, you know, my role, my expected role of a mother, my expected role mm -hmm. of being subservient to men, my my expected role of being demure and not being a sexual creature and um, to, uh, you know, all these things that are expected of me. Um, I'm not driven as a Satanist uh, from religious trauma. I'm driven as a Satanist by my experience as a woman in this world. Uh, so the, almost like an answer to the cult of domesticity in a way. Yeah. 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 So, um, so when I think about why I'm a Satanist, um, th that's, a, that's a lot what drives me is, mm. is my reaction to living, living in this world, having the unfortunate, having the um, absolute unfortunate fate of being raised or being born a woman. Yeah. That's yeah. It, you know, we're we're all from. I'm living in North Carolina now, but Mike and Joe, we're all from Long Island. So we've mm -hmm. uh, Catholicism is very, very big there. So I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've met that are they call themselves recovering Catholics. Um, yeah. You know, and and so the, the religious trauma up there is is quite quite big. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking the other day, and we we were we were having a conversation, and I noticed that it was mentioned on your website too. And it may sound funny, but I needed to bring it up. Uh, dinosaurs. You know the 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 entire idea of dinosaurs not being ever mentioned, you know, like in the Bible, like whatsoever, you know, um, and and how it's just kind of been legitimized to kind of deny science and deny 
uh, uh, you know, evolution. what evolution and what we know is a part, right, of the 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 process or or the the story of mankind going forward. Can you guys speak on that as as far as the belief in science as in going and in, in, in incorporating science in? Yeah. Um, so our fifth tenet, I fifth tenet, yeah, is about basing our. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Here we sit on the ordination council. Um, ordaining ministers. Even like, the founders, which is it? Yeah, even the founders will be like, oh, I don't know, whatever fucking tenant that one is. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's late. It's nine twelve on a Sunday night. I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're great at what we do. Yeah. Um, so anyway, our, our it is our fifth tenant is about uh, scientific um, literacy and basing our our worldview on the most up to date scientific knowledge of the world and not twisting reality to fit our, you know, uh, preferred belief, basically. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually, it is the fifth. It is. It is, yes, I knew it. Belief should <laughs> nice conform score. to one, Yes. Uh, belief should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. So, yeah, you know, like when I talked about earlier, being sort of agnostic on creation and stuff like that, and not really mm-hmm. having a, a, a creation story or cosmology, that's, that's kind of like what we're getting at there is it, it changes based on, you know, what's on, on science, on, on what we have found out as, all right, that makes sense then. Uh, that yeah. may, that and, and if someone were to come forward with some undeniable uh, scientific evidence of the existence of, of a particular God or not, I mean, to me, that would mean, well, it's time to switch religions then, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, but since that hasn't happened. Well, I mean, I'd still be a Satanist, but you know, I'd, I, yeah, the thing is, is, you know, I, I come from, I come from a scientific background. That is what I do for a living. And, you know, the nature of science is always to find truth, even if it makes you uncomfortable. You know, we are always evolving thought. The, the, the history of science is always, um, you know, never, never pigeonhole yourself into, into absolute unbudging truth because, mm. you know, you will never be able to see the world for all its complexities and you'll never understand the world as it truly is if you, if you think you know everything about everything. And so that tenet really speaks to the fact that as we, as we should evolve in our, um, you know, it, the only way we can really go through this world is to be able to be open-minded to new information and to evolve our thought based off that new information and be comfortable with the fact that what we know to be true today could be disproven tomorrow. And for that not to be a source of discomfort and be a source of, you know, just rigid rejection and instead be seen as a source of like, well, that's fucking cool. Like, you know, there's no, there's no shame. There's no shame in being and in, in finding new information that, you know, disproves a previous theory. But that just means that you have more data and more information to evolve your understanding of the world. And that being a positive, really cool thing, like as science evolves, as our technology evolves, and um, that should be celebrated instead of being seen as a, a threat to our identity and a threat to how, um, you know, like how we see our, our place in the world. Um, so that's why I really like that tenant because it, it, you know, speaks to the, 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 the concepts and the things that I utilize in my, uh, utilize in my life all the time. Mm-hmm. I think- Which kind of goes back to what you're saying, you know, a lot of it being based off of, uh, you know, the, the enlightenment thinkers and, and the, the scientific revolution from there, just, you know, the idea of, of scientific theory is, is theory mm-hmm. because it's there until it's proven wrong with the 
understanding and the ability to accept that one day this may be very much proven wrong. And we don't know. And we won't know until we get to that day. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Joe, you have any questions, man? No, I'm actually just taking this all in. And I, I, I as I speak to you, I'm going to send your website to someone close to me who has been kind of searching for religion, but never sat somewhat ne- nothing ever sat right with this person and i i i really think they're going to take a hard look at this uh um it, it just uh, when you throw the word satan into things it automatically gets misunderstood through what mm-hmm. we're taught as kids mm-hmm. or for me personally you, you you hear satan you think evil or whatever in the misconception but then you read the tenets and it sounds like you like you take that out and this is just loving uh be good to each other like there's yeah. nothing but positivity out of this yeah, really so um one question i did have and i think i already know the answer to do you guys actively try to convert or you just sit back <laughs> and when somebody comes in open arms come talk to us we'll teach you stay here if you want if you don't we understand yeah we actively do not proselytize or recruit i i i no no yeah i felt felt that was going to be the answer just from speaking to you to you guys but i'm like someone real close to me is gonna get this website by the end of the day and i it's um i think we were on a uh we were on a line of conversation and I kind of derailed a little bit to get a better understanding of the theology or whatever, when we were talking about the Bible and it seemed like we were speaking of the existence of Satan. And then I kind of pushed us in a different direction on accident, just trying to uh, wrap my own very tired brain around certain <laughs> things. I got a question for you guys. And these are, these are less questions and more statements at the moment. So <laughs> Mike ask away. And if your friend has any questions about anything, they're welcome to email, uh, yeah. you know, okay. me or, or Shalice. It's just our first names at the satanic temple.com. I appreciate um, that. Yeah. Yeah. And if our listeners out there for sure, guys, please, you know, I mean, I, this, that's one of the main reasons why we wanted to have you guys come on is, so I saying I, I'd like to normally, like we really like delve into the story and this and that, but I really want this one to just be more of just a conversation. Um, because the research and, and the, the information that I got from your website was like what Joe was saying was like, dude, this is, seems like really based on, to me, just level headedness, logic, uh, love acceptance of other people, um, which is totally, it, it, I don't know. It just seems to be the complete opposite of what society, right? Yeah. Of, of what is instilled in, in yeah, absolutely. And, and I think people need to know that. I think that's just something you know, because we've been talking about for a while, Mike has brought up the idea of doing a show on, um, you know, uh, uh, misunderstood religions. Um, and this is kind of like a, a you know, a, a major step towards that for sure. Uh, Mike, you had a question. Go ahead, man. I was hoping I, the symbol behind you, um, if you guys could actually explain to us about it. I, I was reading about it and, you know, when you see it, you're like, oh, it's it's so scary. It's so symbolic. But when you really read about it and you're like, wow, like, it's not scary. It's not, I, and I'll let you guys explain it, but there's so much to it that I, I think people should know. If you would go ahead and. Um, so you mean, so you mean uh, the Baphomet head? Yes. 
the Baphomet in, in general, I read about it. I was intrigued by it. And I said, wow, there's so much to this that when you look at it, you see it and you see this evil thing, but it's really not evil. I was blown away yeah, by the well, education from it. Yeah. Um, so Baphomet head or the uh, sabbatic goat of Mendes. Um, it's a winged humanoid goat with a pair of breasts and a torch on its head between its horns. It's uh, it's actually a creation from the French occult author and magician Eliphas Levy, um, you know, from the 1800s. Um, he was not a Satanist. Uh, he was a practicing magician and was really into uh, a lot of, you know, occult things and uh, also the uh, practice of um, when he turned stuff into gold. Uh, alchemy. Alchemy. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, alchemy. yeah, but he definitely, he definitely saw, um, Lucifer in the same styles of the romantics, you know, um, uh, you know, saw a lot of things in the, you know, a lot of similar themes of humanism and communism and feminism and pantheism and all those things, mm -hmm. sexual liberation and, um, you know, all those things by Levy were seen as being representative by, by the icon of Lucifer. So, um, you know, he was a, he was a social and political radical, um, and, um, he created, um, he created this Baphomet, um, when you, when you think about the, when you think about Baphomet, you know, you see this very traditional, uh, drawing that he did where, you know, again, you have your, you know, salve, you know, salve coagula, yeah, salve <laughs> coagula, uh, you know, the, you know, the lights, uh, you know, goat head, uh, female breasts, uh, the caduceus, um, and uh, it was uh, he he created that illustration for his book, The Dogma and uh, Ritual of High Magic. And it's uh, all these contrasting elements that represent the uh, symbolization of the equilibrium of opposites. So, you know, half man, half animal, male, female, mm, good, evil, okay. salve coagula and, and other opposing uh, symbology. Um, and so. Uh, It was uh, it was appropriated through the ages. Um, so his his use of his use of Baphomet was just a, a representation of a rec of, of the opposites, right? Yeah. Where the opposites, um, you know, existing in in unity. And so um, uh, later on um, in cosmology in the cosmology of Thelema, which is a mystical system that was established by Aleister Crowley in the 20th century, um, it was uh, later used in the devil as the devil tarot um, in the uh, the Rider White design. And then Anton LaVey, when he established the Church of Satan, um, you know, kind of used that goat's head um, along with his iconography. So um, even though Baphomet itself was not created by a self-identifying Satanist, uh, these themes of um, uh, the, the, the symbology, the, the use, I mean, obviously it's a really cool, it's a really cool design, um, yeah. but, you know, what it represents, this unification of opposites, um, is, you know, is seen as something, you know, uh, a common theme throughout, you know, Satanism and the occult. And so, yeah, it was basically just appropriated by various, by various groups throughout the ages. And, and so it's a continuing tradition. And, um, and then of course, now you get to TST. Um, I don't know if you have ever seen a picture of our Baphomet statue. Oh. 
the one, uh, you know, the one with the, uh, you know, this beautiful bronze statue that um, has the two children on either side. Um, so that is kind of our our representation of Baphomet, um, you know, still utilizing all the same elements, you know, instead of the breasts on Baphomet, um, the, the representation of male female comes from the children and they, they have like, you know, then the children represent different races. Um, and uh, but yeah, like that, that piece um, is uh, is absolutely beautiful. You can actually go mm. and, and see it at our headquarters in Salem, Massachusetts. And uh, yeah, it's just it, it's just iconography created by a crazy magician that just just kind of happened to be uh, appropriated and used uh, throughout um, you know throughout the ages. And uh, yeah, it's just a tradition that follows. And one of the fun things that a lot of people don't know about our our Baphomet uh, face in our sigil there is it's taken almost exactly from one that satanists wore who were in the uh process church yeah they did use that yeah the oh, the fucking process church um are you aware of the process church of the final <laughs> no, judgment? please go ahead oh, jesus it. christ i don't even explain this <laughs> i like oh, the fact were, you said jesus were, christ by the way well <laughs> and, and actually it was a, a, applicable to the process yeah. church so the process church sort of like my joke about christians having a, a trinity plus one they did yeah. have a trinity plus one and uh, so for them, it was what Jehovah, Lucifer, Satan, and Christ, mm -hmm. and you worked your way through this progression uh, to this idea of this unification of opposites, which we you know come back to with the Baphomet thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, at a certain stage in your spiritual development in the process church, uh, you were a Satanist, and then at, at your final uh, development stage, you were a Christian, right? Well, yeah, you you wanted to go through all of these elements to get to to get to Christ, and yeah. Christ was considered the full universe. Yeah, so the the process church. Um, the reason we bring them up is one because um, you know our our TST design you know is very heavily influenced by the the Baphomet design that they that they use. Um, but um, our uh, our co-founder Lucian Greaves um, you know was really into researching was really inspired by uh, you know elements of the philosophy of the process church um, you know Lucian Greaves uh, that he that we mm -hmm. utilize in TST philosophy um, and uh, you know particularly the unification of, of opposites. Um, and so Process Church was this really crazy, you know, culty group. Um, it was founded in the 70s by former Scientologists. And um, it's hard to describe their beliefs just because they it evolved so much. Like what they I mean, they utilized elements of Scientology and then they added some occultism. And then, you know, they, they went down to Mexico, took a fuck ton of drugs. And then they and then it, <laughs> it just kept going. Their whole thing kept going. But essentially, um They've got the four, you know, they, it's a, basically the, the process, the process is processing through various, uh, various um, elements that are representative of human nature. So, yeah, you have your Jehovah, Lucifer, Satan and Christ. Um, and, you know, these aren't entities to be worshipped. They represent human nature. They're archetypes. archetypes so, gotcha. um, you know, so Jehovah is strength. Lucifer is light. Satan is separation. And Christ is unification. So um, people are seen to manifest these various different types. And the process is to go through uh, to go through these to get to the end and then like this unification this reconciliation of all these opposites to make yourself a more complete human a whole being. person at the end yeah, yeah. To yeah. basically your your full ascension status your full um coming around to being the most complete you can be is to you know take these to take all these elements and 
you know, unify them as one. So, um, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, and, and, you know, they, that's the best way I can describe their that's, philosophy. Yeah. That's like the best possible way I can describe it. it it's and, a moving target. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that sounds, yeah. yeah. That's but really, the, really interesting. <laughs> that's yeah, crazy. A documentary. Yeah. It's called speak of the devil. Um, and uh, not to be mistaken for the one about the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah no, they are an interesting group. George Clinton of parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. 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 P-Funk. Member of the process church. Yeah. Get out of here. Really? I had no idea. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Genesis Peorich was. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That's... This is literally out of nowhere, but one, something I think is kind of fun is that um, of, of the, old school church of Satan people like um, Stephen Leba and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And members of LeVay's actual family, most of them are palling around with us and not the church of Satan. Yeah. <laughs> like we, Get out like of here, really. LeVay, living LeVay people are hanging out at our events and stuff. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so you guys had mentioned your headquarters are up in Salem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously this is a big time of year for Salem. You guys, obviously you've been to Salem at, for Halloween, I, I imagine. She was there I was week. just there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, the Salem Art Gallery is is our headquarters, mm-hmm. and you can um, you know go there and um, take a look. We have, I mean, it is an art gallery. We have uh, the Baphomet statue there. We have our Veterans Memorial statue there. Okay. Um, a rotating uh, list of art. There's a gift shop. There's there's all sorts of cool stuff. And yeah, if you're if you're ever in the area. Um, obviously it's fun to go in October, but I, mm-hmm. I always tell people don't go in October because it's a fucking madhouse in Salem. Yeah. I was reading from there the other day. They said it was fucking nuts. I, I actually, I'd been to Salem for, in October. I was about 20 years ago. I went two years in a row. Oh, cool. Um, and it was fucking amazing. It was one of the most awesome experiences. And I'm sure it was much smaller than, than yeah. what it has gotten, yeah. you know, now. But, um, yeah, I remember that. They did the um, the reenactment of the rich of the wish trials because you know the, uh, the university is right there. So they had a lot of the university of the drama students. They come in, and you get to watch them, and then you can be a part of the jury. Do they still do that? Are they, is it is it is yep. Yep. that was fucking cool, man? We did it twice. First time we did it, I think I want to say we we condemned her, and the second time we were like, "Nah, fuck that, let's go." And uh, we we uh, yeah we acquitted her. Um, but nice. Yeah, that was that was fucking cool, man. That was all I remember was there was <clears throat> it's about eleven o'clock at night. It was karaoke, like right in the, the town square, and fucking everybody was hammered. And there was this like seventy five year old lady dressed up as Mickey Mouse, and they were playing Limp Biscuit, and she was fucking trashed. And uh, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> I was like, I will yeah. never I forget this night, man. I don't that, think that... I saw a single sober person while I was there. No, yeah. you won't. <laughs> no, no, man. I mean, and the cobblestone streets make it pretty fucking hard to walk on, <laughs> even yeah, when you're yeah, sober. Yeah, that shit ain't easy, dude. Working in platform boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piece of advice to anyone who wants to visit our headquarters and still see the witchy stuff in Salem without having to deal with all the crap. Oh, the first week in November, everything is half price. The mm-hmm. hotels are hundreds Damn. of dollars cheaper. Everything's still open and everything's on sale. Yep. And there's still enough people there where you get the vibe without having yeah, to you get the you atmosphere. Know, push your way through crowds of people looking for a fist fight for absolutely no reason. Yeah. 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 What I was just reading said, I mean, the, the numbers I said over the last, specifically this year, um, last year and this year, they said the numbers were fucking insane how yeah, many people there i'm sure after you know going through covid and all that stuff people wanted to get the hell out of there but yeah like i yeah. say there's like the late 90s is the last time i was there and it was it was that was awesome though i, I always 
If I could bring my wife and son there, you know, at some point, man, that would be cool. But I'll go and I'll make sure I go the first week in November. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Or safer if you to bring don't want to be cold, go in like the springtime or something. You know, even the summer's okay. Like anytime, like if you go anytime that's not October, mm. um, it's it's great. Yeah. Well, Mid-September I mean, the whole. It starts to get a, like, you start to get priced out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole village is based around, I mean, they have all the museums and they've got, you know, I mean, it's so you want to go for a cool paranormal type of, uh, you yeah. know, experience. It's definitely fucking cool, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mike, Joe, do you guys have any questions uh, before we go? I do. I actually, I got a couple of questions I want to run. Shoot. To go. see if you guys yeah. can just, I guess, to really educate us more. Um, so without revealing any names, you have people that are prominent figures, such as athletes, um, actors, actresses, po- politicians that are part question. of your church. Just a yes or no. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I, I know one elected official, um, local. You fucking not, serious? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, I know, I know a couple like band people. Band people. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in public service. I'm actually, I'm a history educator. Uh, Twenty years, I, I was a teacher in New York City public schools, and then uh, taught somewhere upstate. And uh, now I work in macro education policy on the history history education side. Yeah, Dude, that's I don't fucking know great. Member, but I know Steve rocks our T-shirts every so often. Nice. He knows a lot of our leaders. And knows a lot of our yeah. yeah Very so nice. Yeah, so he's he's said nice things about us before, so that was nice. Nice. Yeah. Dex, that that makes me happy. Like I said, I'm a social studies teacher. I'm a history teacher. So that's fucking way to be, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well done. Or so I, I can just keep going. Um, so obviously, with like the Catholic Church, they have Christmas. Easter. Do you guys have any holidays? would represent your sure celebration sure. of your, your religion one of them yes, is tomorrow oh well, yep halloween, halloween. Is, is one of our officials uh so i'm um, so starting through the year we uh we start with uh, lupercalia which is feb- february 15 and that's sort of like uh, the bodily autonomy and sexual liberation mm. holiday whether you're you know hypersexual like me or asexual like a lot of our membership uh or anywhere in between um so and it comes from a roman festival um, by the same name. Okay. Uh, our next one is Hexenacht, which is also sometimes called uh, yeah, Walpurgisnacht. Yeah, the Church of Satan calls it Walpurgisnacht. We call it Hexenacht. And that's uh, that's a holiday where we remember the victims of witch hunts, whether they be mm. historical or current. And it's actually yeah. uh, in 2023. Uh, that's when our SatanCon 2023 is going to be taking place. So we'll be. And I saw, yeah, I saw the advertisement for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we have July 25th, which is our unveiling day, which we celebrate basically the unveiling of TST, Baphomet, you know, uh, you know, that's when Baphomet was revealed to the world. And we kind of uh, see that as a celebration of religious plurality and shedding of archaic superstitions. And so, yeah, the reveal in Detroit, you know, that's that's that was our coming out. You know, that was yeah. you know, so it's very, you know, specifically for TST. That's a really big holiday. It, it's sort of our unofficial birthday. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like your July 4th kind of type thing. Yeah. And then, of course, Halloween. Yep. And that's just nice. Halloween. Yeah. Just Halloween. <laughs> <Nothing> <laughs> <special>. <laughs> it's exactly what you know it to be. Yeah. And then we have the uh, Soul Invictus. So that would be kind of like our equivalent of Christmas. Uh, but okay. it's uh, basically the celebration of being unconquered by superstition and consistent in the pursuit of sharing knowledge. It's uh, um, the cult of soul um, existed within Rome. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, 
Invictus was an epitaph used for Jupiter, Mars, and Apollo. So essentially, it's just a festival that was celebrated. Uh, you know, these gods that may have been used to celebrate the winter solstice. So essentially, it's a winter solstice celebration. Yeah, I was gonna say that's got that takes place in, in December twentieth. So that 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 around around that area, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so because I know that. Yeah, because I know the uh, the soul in in Rome, the the Christians latched on to that very much. Um, yeah. It's the festival of the sun, but they changed it to S O N rather than S U N to try to go and uh, you know go get some uh, get some folks in there, you know, get some people in their ranks. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Good way to set up shop and 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 you know our our members uh, will take off these holidays. Like I've had to in my role as a minister, I've had to write letters for uh, employers and be like. This is one of our holidays. Like if you're yep. giving off uh, Christmas or uh, any other religions holidays, then you legally must also, you know, uh, honor. You have this. to recognize it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. I was but, reading on your website the idea that um, abortion as a right of religion, uh, I thought was a really, really, really interesting concept, um, you know, especially considering, you know, what's been happening lately, obviously the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um, but looking at abortion as your as your religious right, uh, rather than you know being taken away right by the views of other religions out there, um, can you can you kind of speak on that? Well, so it's it's uh, it's it's bodily autonomy as a religious right. So we have these we have these tenets. One being you know one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own one, uh, will alone, and then we also have the tenets speaking about you know basing one's you know uh, basing one's understanding of the world on the best scientific knowledge available. Um, and with these two tenets, we view one's ability to make a decision about their body to be to be, I guess, you know, to use the word sacred or as, mm -hmm. you know, um, our ability to do things, to choose to do with our bodies what we wish, including abortion. These are deep part of our deeply held beliefs and, you know, the, our inability to make those choices and to uh, follow through on decisions based on these tenets is a violation of our ability to practice our religion. So, mm. um, and plus we have our abortion ritual, which is a, a ritual that is designed as an affirmation of, of one's decision to, um, you know, obtain a medically valid uh, procedure. Um, and uh, it's not a, uh, you know, you're not you're not required to have an abortion to be a Satanist. It's it's nothing like that. The ritual exists as as you know, uh, um, you know, something to affirm and to give, uh, you know, give. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Comfort and and um, to you know affirmation. Uh, well, I already said affirmation. Oh yes, yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, comfort and affirmation for one's <laughs> choice to do so. So, um, you know, the, the ritual itself is you recite two of the tenants uh, while, you know, looking at your reflection in a mirror. Um, and then, you know, the you either take the medication or depending on the, the, the abortion procedure being done, you do that. And then afterwards, you know, by my body, my blood, it, uh, by my will, it is done. And, you know, so these things are, you know, so this ritual is, is meant, you know, to be that. And so with abortion bans, with, uh, you know, people's ability to make decisions about their bodies being completely yeah. removed from them, um, that is also a violation of our religious rights. You know, you have... Hmm these, uh, you know, RIFRA laws um, in all of these states that are supposed to 
make it so that the the state um, cannot, um, you know, hinder one's ability to practice their religion freely. So to adhere to those laws that they've specifically put in place to protect religious practice, uh, you know, we have lawsuits um, filed in various states where um, abortion bans exist that, um, you know, uh, make it so that our members are not able to practice their either yeah. either not able to uh live to the the fullest extent of their religious beliefs um or to be able to um you know do their religious ritual mm -hmm. uh, which to clarify based on my understanding it's not that the abortion is the ritual it's that there is a ritual is to a accompany ritual. to the accompany abortion. all right that's yeah. interesting yeah yeah, because yeah. we've had a lot of people are like, oh, you know, abortion is a rich, religious ritual. It's like, no, there is no. there is an abortion ritual, no. but it's not the abortion itself. Right. Mm -hmm. It yeah, is it a is the yes. Which abortion is a part of that. Yeah, attached to it if you choose to have one. There. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, which yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, if you were to talk to any Satanist or, you know, um, you know, people, a lot of the times people wouldn't choose that necessarily for themselves. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, this this is something where, um, you know, people think that you have to have an abortion or believe that, you know, you know, you would make that decision for yourself to be a Satanist. And that's not at all. That's not at all what it is. It's for those, you know, for those who that is what they want to do as part of their medical care and a way to care for themselves and, you know, and, uh, you know, affirm their beliefs and their values. And, um, you know, that is what they have come to the conclusion is the best course of action for them, the decision they make with their doctor. Um, they should be able to yeah. make that decision because, again, bodily autonomy, you know, basing one's understanding of the world on the best scientific evidence available and, you know, as Satanists, you know, we are required to, um, uh, um, you know, pursue justice, uh, even, even in the face of laws and institutions that would deny us. And so yeah. when it comes to, you know, our legal, our legal pushback, you know, that is also in line with that, that tenet as well. Yeah. And especially, I mean, how many times religious, uh, liberty has been used in the courts, uh, you know, as an advantageous, you know, advantageous tool towards specific religions to get, you know, their point of views legally justified or, or, or validated. Um, whether yeah, it's well, it, yeah. And the difference with us too, is that our religious liberty does not, does, does not violate the liberty of other people. Yeah. You so know? I'm saying you, yeah, it's, it's the opposite of what has been used in the past of, you know, not uh, serving one, you know, or, mm -hmm. or not allowing certain individuals to use, um, you know, facilities or, or whatnot, uh, and as a way of revoking rights. And, um, right. and I think that's really awesome. I think that's a really, you know, that's, that's awesome. You know, I think that's fucking, that's fucking cool, man. You know, and, and you know, we've been, we've been facing quite a few just obvious cases of just legal discrimination in the courts where they're just simply ignoring us, you know, completely mm -hmm. as if our rights don't exist. And people are like, oh, well, yeah, you know, it's cause you're Satanist. Well, oh, yes, that's part of it. But now we're starting to see it trickle into other things, too. So, for example, there was a, in Florida a lawsuit brought about re, uh, reproductive rights by several Jewish groups because in Judaism, not only is abortion allowed, period, but mm -hmm. it's mandated in some cases. Wow. So, like, to protect the life of the mother because existing yeah. life always gets precedent over potential life in Judaism. Anyway, and now what we're seeing in the in the Florida courts 
is they're they're wheeling out these ultra ultra like fringe orthodox rabbis who are saying well no th these aren't real jews so you know they're even though the supreme court has said you cannot question a person's religious values i mean that 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 was uh that was a major Supreme Court ruling. You cannot mm -hmm. question. I was in the Hobby Lobby case. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if it makes sense to you or not. And now we're seeing whenever it's not evangelical Christians. It's not convenient. Religious freedom, suddenly there's a problem with the other group yeah. or what they believe or they're not sincere enough or they don't believe hard enough. Or you, or you can find that one expert witness who's like, well, they're not really Jewish because, you know, they don't, I don't know, yeah. whatever. And it's it's, it's no coincidence that that's taking place in Florida as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's not. that's that's a uh, that's that's a well thought out planned, um, you know, maneuver, uh, for sure. Um, so, Mike, Joe, do you guys have any other questions? I do not have any other questions off the top of my head. I do slightly want after, as this conversation is going. I want to apologize for not having been able to do the proper research to. <laughs> show up today in all honesty i wish i would have had more time i feel like uh i didn't do this justice with having the lack of education but i was educated today which mm. is one of the reasons i really wanted to show up regardless of whether i was able to uh do my due diligence um so all i have is a thank you thank you guys very yeah. much for uh coming on and speaking with us absolutely we always appreciate when we're able to kind of you know share our own points of view on things instead of being spoken for by third parties because yeah. they yeah. they do a real bad job <laughs> speaking <laughs> they love doing it they love doing nah, it and and i i you know same here man it's this is exactly kind of what i had envisioned was just kind of a flowing conversation um of just i you know same thing i just said i wanted to learn a lot more and um you know this kind of we we had the idea for this episode and I, I don't know, I think Mike or is Mike or Joe, I think you guys threw the website on our, our text me. chat. It was me. I came across it and I was like, we need to talk to you guys. Like you guys. Yeah, he was like, oh, we should get somebody to come on and talk. And uh, and so I took that and then I, I reached out to you guys immediately and you guys got back to me like you know, a couple days later and I was like, bam, we're in. <laughs> so, you <laughs> should know. Should we explain what our jobs are in the Satanic Temple? Would sure, why not? Go ahead. Please do. Uh, so, uh, uh, let's see. So I was co-founder of the Albany chapter congregation now and longtime chapter head. Um, and then I was their media spokesperson. Um, I served on uh, International Council, which was our senior advisory group that oversaw chapters uh, for six terrible months. Well, it was around for years. I was on it for six terrible months. <laughs> uh, jumped ship because <laughs> I couldn't stand it and uh, went on to be uh, part of our ordination council, which oversees our religious development and ordination of ministers. I was a lecturer and a researcher for our ordination program. And most recently, uh, I got the title, of, well, she got it first, of a media relations specialist, which basically, if Lucian Greaves is too busy to do a media appearance or, or something, they kick it to us, and that's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. Shalise, what do you do? Um, so my, my background in TST is, uh, I founded the first chapter in Utah back in 2016, uh, was a chapter head for about a year and then, um, went on to, uh, be a member of international council. It was called national council at the time. So I served on, I served on that for 
way too long, many, many years. Uh, I was the director of the After School Satan Club for a little while. Um, I've done a lot of work with the, uh, the Gray Faction campaign. Uh, I founded our Syrian Council, which is essentially our human resource uh, um, hmm. uh, group for, you know, to, to help our membership. Um, and then, yeah, became the first ordained woman of, of TST. Um, uh, you were also a lesson presenter. Oh, yeah, I did do that, huh? Yep, for um, the ordination program. <laughs> uh, did, I was an ordination lesson presenter. Uh, I um, got onto ordination council, uh, I don't know, a little over a year ago, I think. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and I'm a you know. So while while doing uh, while serving that role, um, I'm also a media relations specialist. So we just do a lot of work um, t for the you know public facing things, mm -hmm. um, and uh, we'll be doing more so for reproductive rights in the next yeah. uh, you know basically starting now until you know who knows. We've got a lot of stuff coming up in that regard. Um, you'll be hearing a lot more about reproductive rights in the next uh, next few months. So you might be seeing my name a lot more. Yep, and also programming director for satan con you are oh yeah <laughs> sorry I, it, yeah it's it's uh I, seems like a big deal <laughs> yeah. um i mean it's it's fine um it, it's it's fine um <laughs> <laughs> the best part of this all is the pay yep <laughs> yeah there you go you do it out of, out, of, out, of, out of the belief man you do it you know you do it you do it for the uh, for the sanctity of it. That's fucking I mean, awesome. Yeah, I mean it's taken it's definitely taken a few years off my life, but I wouldn't be doing it if it I if I didn't feel yeah. it was at the end of the day worth it. So Same. yeah, good for you, man. That's awesome. And so I mean, for real, guys, thank you so much for being here. I definitely walk away from this a hell of a lot more enlightened than I was when I came into it. And and that for me, that's the that's the purpose of all this is just to learn some shit about some new stuff and hopefully um you know open up open up our listeners ears and 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 just kind of you know spread the word of what you guys really are about because i feel like there's a lot of public misconception you know and, and that's fucking cool so you know thank you guys so much for coming on here to kind of clear that up for us thanks for giving us that opportunity to do so and uh if you have any uh if you think of anything in the future you know how to get a hold of us awesome yeah i mean if you guys are ever interested if we ever do an episode um about you know misunderstood religions if you guys ever want to come back on and just as a straight up co-host and just you know do some research and, and hop on with us you guys are more than welcome uh you are more than welcome to come back on us uh you know back on the show anytime you guys want so we'd love to have you guys back awesome. thank you thank you guys so much for your time tonight yeah i mean really just yeah. appreciate the education and being able to be a part of this is just just amazing i i honestly i i appreciate your time thank you very much for tonight yeah yeah thank you awesome. i'll say Mm hell -hmm. satan <laughs> there you go nice all right guys uh everybody at home thank you for listening joe you have anything you want to leave off with buddy no uh good to be back it's been a while for me yeah. and uh i'm looking forward to uh doing our next one you awesome. know as often as i can show up i will be here we will make sure that happens as much as we can man awesome and bill bill is uh normally uh, we have a co-host named bill he was informed by his son about five minutes before we went on that his son did not complete his homework. Uh, oh. And so Bill had to go and do uh, some dad stuff. So I believe his son is probably punished now, I believe. I think that's what he had said. Minecraft is uh, gone from that household for a little while. So, Bill, you're out there doing the dad thing. We love you, man. Uh, keep it up for the dads. You know, Mike's got the dad swag shirt going on there. Good man. Nice job. And uh, my son has kept us, my son has kept my wife and I up all night for the last three nights. So I'm uh, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm heading off to bed. So. <laughs> yep. 
yeah satanic temple um so guys thank you so much for 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 coming out here we really do appreciate it you have a great night happy halloween happy halloween